Welcome to Janan ICF Love All podcast, a podcast about how to live a God-fearing life. Each episode addresses how to use the Bible to answer real-life situations that allow us to demonstrate real Christian love. Now, here's your host, Pastor Joe Summers. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Love All podcast. The Love All podcast. Trust you having a good week, and uh, we're going to start this week talking about sin. Uh, it's a continuation of the lesson that we had on Sunday in church, and I wanted just to discuss it a little more. Uh, sin. The lesson objective is to discuss sin, the steps to sin, and how to avoid sin, and what happens after sin. What should we do after we sin, if we sin? Okay, uh, our major scriptures, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. 1 John 1, 8 to 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Okay, so this is our two uh, texts for the lesson today. Okay, let's talk first about the definition of sin. Definition of sin. Uh, sin is a word that describes any thought or action that goes against the will of God. Sin is a word that describes any thought or action that goes against the will of God. Uh, James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. A sin of omission is when you fail to do something that you should have done, like helping someone in need or telling the truth. Sometimes we know that we should tell the truth, but instead of telling the truth, we say nothing. Because then we say, well, I'm not lying, so I say nothing. But that's not really correct. Even though you say nothing, when you know that you should be saying something, you should be telling the truth, that is the possibility of a sin of omission. Sin of omission. And then we have the sin of commission. is when we do something that we shouldn't have done, like stealing, or lying, or adultery, or anything like that. Um, and we're, we're pretty clear on those usually. Okay, but... God wants us to avoid both sins of omission and commission. Okay. Now, how do we identify whether or not something is a sin? Because we all agree that a sin for you may not be a sin for me. And then there are some things that are sin for you and me. So how do we identify or how do I identify whether something is a sin specifically for me? That's what we're talking about now, about personal reflection. First question we should ask is, is it definitely good and beneficial for me and others? 
So this is almost like a litmus test. Is it definitely good and beneficial for me and others? If the answer is yes, it is good for me and others and others, now not just me, but good for me and others, then it may not be a sin. Uh, two, can I honestly ask God to bless and use it for his own good purposes? Can I honestly ask God to bless and use it for his own good purposes? So obviously, if I'm asking God to bless it, then I'm suggesting that it's consistent with God's will and what the Bible says, and therefore that would not be sin. Does it glorify God? Does it glorify God? And this is one that we struggle with sometimes because we say, well, it may not glorify God, but it doesn't, doesn't do anything against God either. Well, it's, it's either yes or no. And it's, once you start putting the gray areas into it, it becomes much more difficult to define. So I would suggest that if you're doing something that glorifies God, then it's clearly not a sin. And if you do something that does not glorify God, then it may well be a sin. Okay. Next, does it harmfully influence or affect someone else? Does it harm someone else? Does it affect them? Does it influence them? And I would suggest that if the answer to that is yes, it does harm someone else, then perhaps we need to reconsider whether it's something we ought to be doing or not. We should be thinking about whether or not it is a sin or not. And does it have undue control over my life? Does it have undue control over my life? You know, some people say, well, this is me and I can do it. It's not harming anyone else. And that, that sounds good sometimes, but it may not necessarily be good because if it's controlling you, if you are a slave to it, then perhaps it is something that you ought to be avoiding and that's something that you ought to be doing. And, and we, I think we can all agree that we ought to be avoiding sin as much as possible. Now, let's talk about the pattern of sin or the process, what happens when we sin. Usually the very first thing that happens when we sin is that we're in the wrong place. We're in the wrong place. Now, when Eve was talking with, with uh, Satan, where was she? She was in the Garden of Eden, yes, but she was standing next to the tree. The same tree that she knew that God told her not to talk, not, not to eat, okay, not to touch. But why did it stand next to that tree? No reason. Okay. She should have been on the opposite side of, of the garden, away from that. So sometimes we are in the wrong place and that begins that process of getting us to sin. Uh, an example for that, we use this only as an example, okay, only as an example. Uh, is it okay to go to bars? Well, some people say, yes, it's okay to go to a bar. Okay. That is, I, I know I can handle it. Okay. Or, some, or is it okay to be out after 12 o'clock at night? Well, no problem. I'm not going to do anything I shouldn't do. But uh, as my mother and grandmother always said, that nothing good happens after 12 at nighttime. So therefore, I should be home 
I should not be out in the street unnecessarily. Being somewhere I don't need to be that's going to get me into trouble. Going to a party where people are doing things that may be illicit. Is it okay for me to go to that party? Well, probably okay in the sense that I'm not doing anything, but it's not okay because if something happens, I'm going to be held accountable, just like everyone is there. So the very first thing is that we should make sure that we are not in the wrong place. Okay, next, sometimes we will listen to non-spiritual voices. Eve entered into a conversation with Satan. No reason to have a conversation with Satan, but she did, okay? Same thing with us. We get in conversations with people who we know are not going to be telling us the right things to do, but they are friends, quote unquote. So we then begin to have a conversation with them about something that we know is going the wrong direction, but we start this conversation anyway. Next, then we begin to see something. We see it with our eyes and not with our heart. We see the sin with our eyes, but not with our heart. Eve saw the tree. The tree looked good because her eyes saw the tree looking good, but not her heart. Not her heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, but they shall see God. So we need to be careful that when we're looking at things, that we're looking at something with our heart and not with our eyes. And then after that, then she accepted the temptation to sin and she committed the sin. She ate the fruit. She ate the fruit. But more importantly, it didn't stop there. She enticed Adam to also sin. What happens oftentimes is that we will sin but we don't want to be by ourselves. We've got to have other people around us because that makes it seem like it's okay. You know, if I'm doing something and other people around me are doing the same thing, then what I'm doing must be okay, right? No, no. We are not, we do not want to do something by ourselves or we know that what we're doing is wrong. So, and so we then try to get other people to, to do something wrong with us. That's what sin does. It entices, it entices others to do wrong. We entice others to do wrong. We need to be very careful of that. Because the Bible says that if you are doing something like that to someone, then you can almost tie a knot around your throat and attach it to a rock and sink into the bottom of the sea. Okay? We need to be careful of that not enticing others to sin just because we sin and we should not allow other people to entice us to sin just because they are sinning now the best way not to sin is what matthew 6 13 matthew 6 13 the model prayer says and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil okay so we don't want to go someplace that's going to tempt us we don't want to be around people who are going to tempt us. We want to stay away from that temptation. We might think that we're strong, that we can handle every situation. But in fact, what Paul says is sometimes the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. 
and sometimes we end up being tempted and successfully tempted and ended up in sin because we put ourselves in a position of being tempted. So we want to not be tempted by not getting into, uh, not allowing ourselves to get in a position where we be tempted. You know, we've talked about this before, is that a uh, young lady, a young man uh, at school, the young lady invites the young man to a room. No, should, should never do that. Should never, ever do that. Nor should she ever go into the room of the young man. Never should do it because you're creating a, a place of temptation. You, you are, uh, are creating a place of temptation. And I know even now when I teach a class, if I'm teaching one-on-one and I'm teaching a, a female, I usually keep my door open. Because, again, I don't want even the, the thought to come across, okay, the temptation. So I leave the door open so that that doesn't happen, okay? Nor can I be accused of doing something that I didn't do because the door is open. Okay? So we need to make sure that we, we cover our, our bases with that. Psalm 19.14 says, May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Understanding that if we keep God first and foremost in our thoughts and in our mind, then there's no room for Satan. There's no room for sin. We don't want to give any space in our heart, any space in our mind, any space for sin to creep in. Okay, we want to fill it up, fill up our room with God, fill it up with righteousness, Fill up our meditation with with what we know them be acceptable to God. Okay. Now, so First Corinthians ten thirteen says, "No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind." Meaning, there's nothing new. There's nothing new. So we should learn from other mistakes. But it goes on to say, "And God is faithful; He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear." So, even though we may end up being tempted, that doesn't mean that we can't walk away. We can walk away. We have to be able to, we have to walk away. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Okay. So, God is going to always give us a door to go out. Whether we accept that door or not, that's on us. But it's always going to give us a way out. So even though we may be tempted, it does not mean that we have to sin. Say that again. Even though we're tempted, it does not mean that we have to sin. Now, what do we do when we sin? First thing is that we doubt God. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? No, God didn't say that, that you cannot eat from any tree. He said that tree. And see, sometimes uh, people will say a half truth, and we get mixed up by hearing the half truth, okay? Uh, but And so we, when we hear the half truth, we begin to doubt whether God said it or didn't say it. We're not sure. 
But when we know we have truth, and we know the truth, and the truth shall set me free, then I will have no reason to doubt God. Then Genesis 3, 6, then the woman disobeyed God. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, back to what we said earlier, looking with the eyes and not looking at with the heart, and also desirable, desirable for gaining wisdom, which is not true, she took some of it and ate it. So, okay, so she disobeyed God. That's what we do. We doubt God's uh, uh, commandments, and then we find a reason to disobey Him. Then what do we do after we disobey God? Then we try to hide from God. Genesis 3, 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. We think we're hiding from God. Obviously, we cannot hide from God. But when we have sinned, we, the sin separates us from God. The sin separates us from God. And then we try to use that as an excuse to, to, to hide from God. But again, we cannot hide from God. And what else do we do? We blame others. We don't accept our own responsibilities. Genesis 3.12 uh, says, The woman whom thou gave us to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Adam. Adam was blaming Eve. Instead of Adam saying, I did it. I accept responsibility. I blew it. He was blaming others. And when we sin, we often do that. We very seldom take responsibility. And we always look for a reason why. And that reason why is usually when we are blaming others. Now, what should we do when we sin? What should we do when we sin? 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what do we have to do? We have to confess our sin. If we confess our sin, God will forgive us and make us righteous. Acts 2.37-38 talks about Peter and he is speaking to the crowd. And after he spoke to the crowd, the crowd says, wait a minute, we understand now what we've done. Now what shall we do? And Peter said, repent, repent, confess, repent. Okay. So when we do something that we shouldn't do, when we sin, we should hurry, rush to ask for forgiveness, to repent for what we've done. In conclusion for this episode, we, uh, we do not need to be slaves to sin. Christ paid the price of our freedom. Christ paid the price of, price of our freedom. Romans 6.16 Do not know that when you offer yourselves as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, leading to death, or slaves to obedience, leading to righteousness. We need to understand that, that we want to be a slave to righteousness. We want to be a slave of God, not a slave to sin. Okay? All right. Thank you very much for another opportunity to share with you. And as always, if you have any questions, any concerns, please feel free to contact us and we will 
uh, get back right back with you and, and, and try to uh, answer any concerns you may have. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, have a good week and know that we love you. We love you. We love you. And just as we love you, you should love. You should love. Thanks for joining us on Janan ICF Love All podcast. New podcasts are scheduled each Monday and Wednesday. Make sure to visit our website, www.jananicf.com, where you can find weekly sermons and past podcasts. Please remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate it if you'd simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help us out. If you like the show, you might want to email us at loveall at jananicf.com and request a free copy of our ebook, Gems for Daily Meditations, and sign up for our daily thoughts. See you next time. Blessings and love to all.